Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the five areas that I think are crucial for you as a limited partner to really dig into if you're going to make a passive investment in anyone's deal. And I will go into each one of these later in a further episode on its own in more detail. But for today, let's just talk about these from a high level. So number one is the project. Number two is the place. Where is the location? Number three is the principal or principals. Who are the operators that are really heading this up and what is their experience? Number four is the profits of the deal itself. What do the financials look like? What are the projections all about? What does the exit point look like? And number five is the other people that are involved in the deal. Who are the property managers? Who's the legal team? What does the accounting team look like? These are the five areas that I've really narrowed down that I think are really important in any deal, again, as a passive investor that you really need to be paying attention to. So let's just jump into it again from a high level. Uh, I'm going to go into each one of these in a future episode. Let's talk first about the project. The project is actually really important, obviously. What are the merits of the project? What type of asset class is it? And I really believe that you as a limited partner should have some level of understanding of the asset class itself, at least from a high level. What are the reasons why you would want to invest in this? Is it recession resistant? Is there a long track record around it? What are the real merits of the industry itself? You can look backwards, and there's actually a lot of research out there. Uh, Marcus and Millichap does a lot of research around the different asset classes that they're at least involved in. There's just so many. I'm not going to get into the weeds on these. We'll, again, we'll talk about it in a, a more in-depth episode. But the project itself is important. And again, I think you as an LP need to understand the asset class. I'm a huge fan of manufactured housing because it's recession resistant. Because the residents own their home, or at least we try to get the residents to own their home, which means maintenance costs are down. Affordable housing isn't going anywhere. Um, as you know, like real estate has gotten more and more expensive. But again, if you talk to anybody, I just happen to be a pretty big operator in the manufactured housing space. It happens to be our primary asset class. But I am also invested in single family. Um, Karen and I own still quite a few single family duplexes, threeplexes. Um, we own commercial buildings. So I am a fan of other asset classes. I'm actually invested in a fund. I'm a general partner in a fund, actually, um, for a luxury vacation rental space. Um, partially Airbnb, but also we choose operators, which again um, comes back to the number five most important thing. We choose operators, property managers that are not just on Airbnb, but they've been at it for a long time in the specific market that we're getting into, and they have a big level of experience. Also, what's important about you know picking the people or again the property manager, uh, depending on you know what the asset class is. This particular operator that we use in the luxury vacation rental space have their own list. Like 60 plus percent of the listings come from previous users that rent off of their website and not necessarily through Airbnb. So these are the kind of things that you need to consider if you're going to invest passively in you know, the commercial office space. You need somebody that has deep connections in that space. They understand um, the operating. There's, there's difference in all of these too because, you know, uh, having invested in the office space for a while, somebody might stay there for two, three, five years, 
But when that tenant moves out, it's pretty challenging to find a new um, tenant sometimes. And sometimes you have to put a large amount of money into that. So what's nice about the office space or even commercial space in general, a tenant might stay there for a really long time. But the other side of that coin is when a tenant moves out, it might cost you a lot of money and you might have vacancy for a long time. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just different. So we need to understand it. Again, there's a million different types of projects that we could talk about, but I think you have to have a level of understanding around it. The place. Everybody's heard this before, location, location, location. I think that the market or the place, and again, I narrowed it down to five Ps just for ease of memory, but the location and the market that you're investing in is is pretty important. Right now in San Francisco, great example. San Francisco has been one of the greatest markets um, for many years, but right now San Francisco is actually in a lot of trouble when it comes to the commercial space. Um, when it comes to, there's no affordable housing there. There are people left and right, companies left and right, that are leaving San Francisco, um, that are no longer going downtown. San Francisco has become a place that's really unsafe. And so, you know, you really have to look at this from a long-term perspective. I was reading an article the other day about a building that just went up for sale, actually was bought for like 25 cents on the dollar. Now, the other side of that is whoever bought that building needs to probably... Um, have some carrying costs for the next, you know, three to five years, maybe even 10 years, um, depending on, you know, what their plan is for that project. So you need to understand the location that you're investing in. Um, there are, you know, we own a lot of manufactured housing in the Midwest. And the thing about the Midwest is there's not huge gains like what you might potentially see in an Austin or in a Phoenix, but there's also not the huge declines either. And so we love the Midwest because it just kind of, you know, it's, kind of keeps ticking up. And that's where we invest in most of our affordable housing. When you look at certain cities, even when we're talking about place, location, um, there are certain cities that uh, Cleveland's a great example that has, you know, medical, like huge medical buildings and infrastructure and research and development. They're doing a ton of research and development in Cleveland around the medical space. And I'm not investing in Cleveland. It's just something that somebody was talking about. So what are the merits of the industry that drives that as well? You know, when we talk about place, most people won't invest in a market that's less than 100,000 people. Some people like primary markets, like in Austin, Texas. Some people like tertiary markets, which in Austin would be maybe a New Brunfields or, you know, some of the outlying areas. And so uh, just uh, important to understand the economic drivers of the location. If you're investing in New Brunfields, you're going to get a better deal, but your rents are going to be less than if you're investing inside, you know, the middle of Austin somewhere. The third part is the principle. Who are the founders? Who are the people that you're investing with? Sometimes we call them sponsors. Sometimes we call them the general partners. It's really important that you know the experience of these general partners. I bought my first mobile home park in uh, the year 2007, and Kara and I operated five of them before we really started investing you know, with investors. So we've got a long, deep track record of investing in the manufactured housing space. When I decided to get into the luxury Airbnb space, I teamed up with a business partner who has experience in the Airbnb market. In the future, I plan on buying HVAC companies again. Um, it's probably going to be, you know, one to three years from now. But my primary business back in the day that I started in 04 that I sold in 2014 was a plumbing and HVAC company. I happen to love that space because of the merits. You can, you know, buy a, com a company that's doing pretty well, 8 to 12% margins, and you can push that company to 20, 25, 30% margins. And this space is prime for disruption and also... 
um, I'm kind of talking about, you know, the project right now, but again, this would be, you know, as a principal, this would be somebody that I would be somebody that you would want to invest in or with because of my experience level and the understanding plus the model that we're going to do in this. So the principal is really important. Again, what is their track record? The fourth part, and none of these are in any real particular order. So it's not like one is more important than the other. I think, I think a deal has to have all of these, um, for you to really consider investing in it. Um, as a passive investor. Now, maybe you rank some of them, you know, higher and lower, but I think they have to have all. For instance, the people, you know, if you've got a property manager, there's nothing to say that a property manager that that sponsor or the principal teams up with today is going to be the same property manager that they're, you know, using in three years from now, because just like any other business, property managers have challenges with management leaving, a new competitor comes into town that might have some, you know, new technology that could do things cheaper, or they have a better management team, et cetera. So again, maybe there's some rankings that you, you know, involve there, but the principal, on the other hand, you wouldn't want leaving that deal. It doesn't necessarily matter if the principal goes and finds a new property manager, but you wouldn't want that, you know, principal checking out on you. So maybe there's some, you know, scoring that you could apply to these. Um, but again, I think they're all important. So the profits of the deal, the fourth part is super important. When I say profits, it's not just the profits, it's the entire financials. Again, we're just doing five P's so that we can, you know, really remember these and, uh, kind of create your own checklist, but the financials of the deal ultimately rolling up to the profits are super important. Are we projecting our rent increases accordingly? Are we projecting, you know, the amount of time that we can get the uh, properties turned around? That's really important. Are we projecting our vacancy rates properly? Are we projecting our refinance timelines? This is a big deal that's happening right now. There's a lot of multifamily operators that bought deals with one to three year bridge loans and or, or short term financing that they needed to refinance in year three. And this was all built into their projections. And now interest rates are no longer 4% like they were projecting. Interest rates are now 7%. So it's really important, you know, that you're really digging into and questioning whether this principal can really do the deal in the timeline that they're saying, you know, what are the financing markets? We actually ran into some challenges coming up into 2020 that we didn't see coming. We bought a lot of distressed properties, which was our plan, was our model, um, we were going to bring in new homes and all of a sudden inventory went from three months to get a new home in the manufactured housing space to 12 to 18 months in 2020 plus financing dried up. Um, the ability to not only finance the homes themselves, but the ability to finance the residents got pretty challenging for a while. So we bought too many distressed assets, which would, again was our model, but we did not see COVID coming and we did not see inventory going out to 12 to 18 months. And so it created some challenges. Now we've since solved a lot of those, but it set us back two years, three years in some cases on the plan. And so you just need to be prepared for that because as my um, good friend and mentor, Ken McElroy always says, the better the brochure, the better the projections, the better the pro formas, sometimes the worse the deal. And so you really just need to deal, dig into that. And every operator has challenges. Every operator you know, has experiences where things went wrong. If they tell you they don't, then they're probably either really new or they're lying to you. So things do go wrong, but this goes back to the principle too. I've often said I'm a wartime leader. I actually perform better when we're in a challenging situation, which sometimes creates a glass ceiling for me because when things are going really well, sometimes I'm looking, you know, to try to make things better and I don't need to. But again, you're looking back to the merits of the principle. Can he actually pull off or she for that matter, what they're saying on the profits or the financial projection side. 
The last part of this is the people component, and I've touched on this throughout already today, but the property managers, the legal team, the accounting team, all of this really rolls into um, whether the project can really be pulled off by that principle. All of those you know, key people on the team, including the internal team, we've talked about the principal himself or herself or principals, the general partner, but also usually there's an asset management team. There's you know, a financial team in-house. And I've struggled with this, just being completely honest. Um, every company struggles with getting the right teams in place as they're growing and then also keeping talent. As everybody probably knows, the battle for talent nowadays is extremely challenging. And um, so you really just need to dig into like, you know, who the, who are the people on the team. But again, um, none of these are in any particular order. I think they all matter a lot. Um, I think they are all important to a successful project. So hopefully that helps you. By the way, as a side note, if you would like to learn more about investing alongside of us, go to velocityventurepartners.com, fill out the form. You have to be an accredited investor. Uh, in order to invest with us. But again, go to velocityventurepartners.com. We currently have a couple deals going. One of them is really unique in the manufactured housing space. It's an income fund, 12-month notes, 24-month notes. So these are shorter-term investments, which are really great for the period of time that we live in because everybody is thinking that deals are going to be better in you know, 12, 24, 36 months from now. I'm not fully convinced that we're going to have a crash when it comes to you know residential housing. I'm not even convinced that we're going to have a crash when it comes to multifamily, because there is so much money waiting. In fact, if you look at um, BlackRock, Blackstone, these big companies, they have huge funds just waiting to pounce. And so even if there is a little bit of distress, I think you're going to see deals trading, but not necessarily you know, driving down prices per se. Um, but again, if you would like to invest alongside of us, that 12-month income deal or 24-month is paying 12% on the 12-month deal, 14% on the 14-month deal or the 24-month deal, excuse me. And the reason why we're able to do that, we're utilizing the Wavemark Income Fund uh, as bridge lending to get more inventory. Inventory problems are now solved. It's taking us two months about, or less in some cases, to get a manufactured home right now. I'm fully convinced that inventory levels are as good as they're going to get, and also prices are as good as they're going to get. So we want to buy as many of these homes as possible. I still have over 500 homes to set in our portfolio. So if you're interested in getting these 12-month terms or 24-month terms, um, it's backed by the communities that the money is lent to, promissory notes, guarantees from the communities, and we have a certificate of origin on every single house that is shipped. The way that we're refinancing these, we have a line of credit facility on the backside. So once we put a resident in place, we're able to refinance that and pay your money back. So again, go to velocityventurepartners.com if you are interested in learning more about this, or you could go directly to wavemarkcapital.com and fill out one of the forms. And I myself will jump on a call with you. Jen, our investor relations director is awesome. She'll help you through the process. You and I will jump on a call, talk about any questions you have, make it super easy. But again, the five key things to a successful deal as I wrap this up are the project, the place, the principle, the profits, and the people involved in it. So hopefully that helps you as a limited partner. If you haven't invested in a limited partner deal and you are an accredited investor and you'd like to learn more about this, again, reach out to velocityventurepartners.com. We'd love to walk you through it. One of my passions is educating. It hasn't been that long ago since I wasn't an accredited investor. I wasn't investing in real estate. I wasn't investing in other people's deals. And so I would be happy to help you through the process. Again, if you're an accredited investor, 
um, happy to kind of walk you through the ropes. So reach out to velocityventurepartners.com. Thanks. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.